This is an audio recording for medical and dental students, junior doctors and doctors in training on how faith in Jesus and clinical practice collide and is produced for the Christian Medical and Dental Fellowship of Australia or CMDFA. My name is Ben and thanks for listening. Today we will be discussing the topic of faithfulness and I'm joined by Dr. Jeremy Beckett. Jeremy is a Christian GP based in Geraldton in Western Australia. Jeremy has been in and around CMDFA for the last 20 years and has worked in general practice, anaesthetics, emergency medicine, and medical leadership, and currently serves as the medical director of the Aboriginal Medical Service in Geraldton. Jeremy, along with his wife, Bethany, and their four kids, have recently returned from five years of medical mission work in Timor-Leste, where he led a health and development NGO called Maluk Timor. So thank you very much for joining us, Jeremy. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Ben. So how did you and your family end up in Timor-Leste, and what were you doing there? Yeah, look, it's uh, it's kind of a long story, but the short version, I suppose, is that we had had our eyes on overseas missions probably for a, a long period, particularly having met with with lots of returned missionaries through CMDFA and having spoken with them and the impact on family life and all of those things. And once we started having kids of our own and began to imagine what the next phase of our life would look like, um, you know, we did get back to talking about overseas mission and it was probably brought into sharper focus for me when I went to the World Congress, uh, the ICMDA World Congress in 2010, I think it was. And from then on, we began to chart a course, I suppose, toward trying to get ourselves overseas and um, did some preparation around that. And then, you know, we didn't really get a sort of a clear, audible call from God that Timor-Leste was the place for us. It was probably a practical choice and based on the opportunities that were there and the uh, the preparation we'd done and some contacts we stumbled across along the way. And um, and then it became a choice to go there. And we, we wanted to go for at least five years and sort of stick in um, as best we could with our kids and uh, and yeah, ended up um, coming home about 18 months ago after that five-year stint. Now, for those listening who don't know, CMDFA or the Christian Medical Fellowship in Australia is part of a wider group of organisations, which Jeremy mentioned, the ICMDA or the International Christian Medical and Dental Association. It's quite amazing to be part of this global family. And Jeremy, yeah. why are we talking about faithfulness? today yeah look uh, it's a funny one isn't it i mean faithfulness maybe it's a an unfashionable or a bit of a countercultural idea at the moment um you know i mean i look around and it seems to me that faithfulness isn't all that highly valued now when, when you think about people's approach to their careers you know most people of our generation are looking to change jobs or change careers as frequently as we can manage it really uh obviously there's an approach to to relationships in a secular sense that that faithfulness is perhaps not as central to that as it once was. And and actually, when I even think about, um, I guess, commercial relationships, you know, I'm fascinated by this idea of like a, a loyalty tax that some of our companies apply to us. And by that, I mean that, you know, they seem to offer a better deal to a new customer than to an established customer. And so we're actually encouraged to go and change our various um, subscriptions to different companies as often as we can to try and take advantage of that new customer bonus. And so it's almost... Um, like faithfulness is something that that just isn't really valued or or thought of in any great way, um, you know, in our in our current context. And yet, it just is such a core idea of, uh, to us as a um, you know trying to walk as a faithful Christian. That's that you know that God is faithful and he he's faithful to an unfaithful people, and and he asks us to to serve him faithfully. And so yeah, it's something I guess I have been reflecting on a little bit and how it applies to me. Yeah. So what has been your experience of what it means to be faithful? 
Yeah, well, look, I mean, obviously it's it's kind of a humbling conversation to have been because, you know, I mean, faithfulness is really something we ascribe to God and we anything we do in imitation of that is only ever going to be just a shadow. Obviously, we, you know, we bring our our brokenness and our and our flaws to that. But um, I guess for me, I've been challenged in that area, having gone through some, you know, some fairly challenging seasons over the last few years. And and faithfulness was something that, um, you know, really became central to me in terms of understanding how I could serve God through that. And, uh, you know, there were a few instances where that was really brought to the fore. One of those instances was when I was uh, in Timor-Leste and things had really not gone to plan for us. So we'd gone there and initially taken over leadership of what was basically a charity hospital or, you know, sort of like a mission hospital. Uh, And about 18 months into the um, stay, it became obvious that we just weren't going to be able to continue to run that. And there's a long story behind that, but essentially we had to be part of leading a um, a withdrawal of our organisation and our staff and our donors away from that hospital. Uh, and it it was all very traumatic as it happened. It was something, you know, that's five months of my life I would never care to relive and um, put us under enormous stress and strain to be at the tip of the spear on that. And, um, you know, we I guess we were facing a predicament of having to go home after 18 months, tail between our legs, essentially, saying, well, we went to East Timor and shut down a hospital, you know, bravo, Um, what an achievement. So, uh, you know, we had to, I guess, work out what did that mean for us? You know, what what were we going to do in that situation? Yes, I guess you would have had to search for what faithfulness would look like in that moment. Yeah. And and look, to be honest, we weren't sure because, you know, I mean, we was faithfulness just going to mean just hanging on doggedly and refusing to sort of bow to circumstances or, you know, and, you know, to refuse to bend? Is, is that what faithfulness would look like or would it be to respond in a different way? And and in the end, what we had to do was to almost overnight rebrand the organisation that we were part of and try and take our board and our donors and our volunteers and our staff with us on a totally new uh, trajectory away from a kind of hospital concept and much more into a health and development mindset around, you know, teaching and training and and capacity building and so on. And so we, we managed to sort of steer things away um, from one crisis and sort of take us off in a in a different direction and and keep most of the momentum that we had and and keep moving. But but that wasn't the end of the story either because it took us a couple of years to really, I guess, uh, find our footing um, in that new organisation and to convince the Timorese government that we had something useful to offer them. And there was a point at which the health minister basically communicated to us that she didn't really think she needed us and didn't see the point. And so they weren't going to give us an MOU, which is what we really needed to um, operate effectively. So you know, it's one of those things where it's darkest before the dawn, isn't it? But there was this sort of sense that it was all going to come to nothing and that we were having led this group of people through this whole experience and now marched them out into the middle of the desert. We were basically just going to die there because there was no future for where we were taking them. And I remember having this uh, moment in a shower, you know, often these um, epiphanies come to us in such moments. But, you know, maybe all we're asked to do in this instance is just to fail well. Maybe faithfulness in this setting just means that we don't let this destroy us. We don't let it change who we are or why we came. We don't let it drive us into bitterness and anger uh, and resentment or you know, total demoralization, but we accept that we've come here and we've tried and we're going to fail well with with courage and humility and grace and make sure that we we end this as well as we possibly can. 
And that was very um, sobering, but also very freeing to me that I, I didn't have to drag this thing to success, that our earthly endeavours don't always work out in success and, and God doesn't always provide that or even ask that of us. And, and that faithfulness was was just about making sure that insofar as it depended on us, we stayed um, stayed true to who God was calling us to be. And then, of course, things turned around for us and it was only you know, days or weeks later that that things kind of broke open. And in the subsequent couple of years we had in Timor, things just went onward and upward. And, you know, we didn't have to fail at all as it turned out, but we certainly had our moment of uh, our kind of dark night of the soul to experience what that might mean and, and how we would go with that. Yeah, wow. I think personally and probably collectively as doctors, we don't handle failure all that well. You say, I guess there were moments where it felt like a failure and then moments where in in retrospect it wasn't all failure how did you get through that when you thought it was just all a failure yeah well i think that was it wasn't it just having that that sense that i mean a failure in in whose eyes you know and obviously i've i've got an ego to contend with and a, and a sense of expectation on myself but also in the way i want other people to view me and it's hard to when you've got a big following people interested in what we're doing for us to have to come back and report essentially a failure but but if we could view it through the lens of God's faithfulness, well, you know, he, he didn't really view it in that way. Uh, you know, I, I came to understand and that, and that failure in terms of our service to him wasn't whether or not our organisation succeeded. It was it was really, you know, whether we stayed true to um, to being a disciple of Christ in our circumstances. And and I guess that's how we were able to reframe it. And, and that, you know, probably gave us a real sense of peace at a time when we definitely needed that. How did you find meaning and purpose when all you could see was the fact that you weren't achieving what you wanted to achieve or how did you find satisfaction yeah. in your your toil i suppose yeah well that's probably been a question i've been wrestling with more recently so in my new role having come back and, and i guess we came back from you know from timor leste having having done really well through the covid period and you know coming back in in relative success, I suppose, in the eyes of some. And uh, and there was an expectation that, you know, now back in Australia, um, we'd continue to do something significant. And I was probably looking to myself for that as well. And and when I settled for this new role, to me, it seemed really exciting to be working in Aboriginal health. And I was hoping to really be able to do something quite transformative in the health service that I was coming into here. But, you know, things don't always work out that way. And you know, I probably had to come to grips with it about nine months in that I was feeling really frustrated and a sense of futility in the work that I was doing. It hadn't gone the way I'd imagined. And there were all sorts of, I guess, obstacles and ceilings that seemed to be obstructing any any kind of positive impact I felt I could have. And I started to get this sense of, well, you know, maybe that means I'm in the wrong job. I should be somewhere else. This is not allowing me to exercise my gifts. This is not allowing me to you know, um, I guess to get the best out of myself and 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 clearly I must have to look somewhere else. And so, you know, I began to kind of look around for other opportunities and see whether God was was taking me um, to a different place. But while I was doing my devotions and reading the book of Ecclesiastes, um, reading things like, you know, from chapter two, a person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. And at the same time, I was reading um, Great Expectations by Dickens, you know, just for fun. And, um, uh, you know, the lead character in that is this guy called Pip. And, um, you know, for those of you 
familiar with the story. You know, so Pip grows up in very humble beginnings and is um, destined to become an apprentice of a blacksmith. Uh, but he's got some really good people in his life. And actually, there's something beautiful and simple about the life that he's, um, you know, looking forward to. But he has this encounter with this sort of young lady um, of higher birth and standing, and it sort of blows his mind. And he gets it into his head that he's destined for something much greater than the humble life of a blacksmith in a village and begins to scorn and despise the simple things in his life, which which actually really have some genuine truth and meaning to them. And he even has this moment of insight where he clearly knows that he's giving up on on something decent in the pursuit of something that will probably disappoint and and you know leave him uh, you know destroyed in some way, and and yet even with that insight he still chooses to pursue um, you know realizing that he can't go back he can't unsee what he's seen and and I suppose I was reading Ecclesiastes reading Great Expectations and thinking why is it that I've got it into my head that that I am exceptional or should be destined for something greater. Like the work is challenging and frustrating and, and, you know, burdensome and includes elements of toil. And now it can be incredibly fulfilling as well, but every job has its element of, of frustration and difficulty and futility. And, uh, and no job that I can find will ever exempt me from that. And I have to be able to find satisfaction in that and not, and not despise those simple things or scorn those things or imagine I'm somehow greater or that those things shouldn't have to happen to me, but rather to find satisfaction on a day-by-day basis of just trying to serve faithfully um, in whatever those simple things are, however humble or menial or, you know, or frustrating they may seem at the time. And I think that sort of helped me really reframe what I was doing at work and to be able to find lots of upside and lots of positive opportunities in the things I was doing and um, to just get my my sense of purpose um, back into the frame, uh, you know, for that role. Yeah, that's so encouraging. I think it's so often that we we try to define ourselves by what we do rather than who we are in Christ and seeing ourselves in that as well. Do you have any more reflections on faithfulness, I guess, for the student listeners you're listening into this and I guess faithfulness within CMDFA as a ministry as well? Probably no more than you, Ben, in a sense that we can both remember what it's like to be a student and remember wrestling with that futility, wrestling with the sense of why am I even learning this stuff? <laughs> why are they making me do this ridiculous reflection <laughs> on something? Or why am I studying this basic science that seems to have no application to what we actually do when, you know, and and it can be just a real slog and it can tax so much out of it and, um, you know, out of us and, and leave us, um, you know, really hollowed out, I think, during those years. And I think it can be um, a huge challenge to to try and um, reimagine all of that, uh, you know, through God's eyes and what faithful service looks like in those different seasons of our life. And that we can take great encouragement, I guess, that that those who have gone before us have certainly endured those seasons as well and uh, and have not seen them necessarily as things outside of of God's will for us, but but actually as as part of our our faithful service to Him. And it's always nice to go in, you know. Um, go back and read some of the giants of the faith who have found incredible satisfaction in some of the, you know, really simplest things and and that we can learn something from that. You know, faithfulness is, it's not something I'll ever conquer or, you know, achieve in a single moment of time. It's a, it's a daily recommitment, isn't it? I mean, it's like a marriage where you have to just continually renew your commitment to serve and to love the person you're with and that that it's not something that that happens with a single ceremony or a single event. It's it's something that is a um, 
you know, an ongoing process of, I mean, I suppose sanctification in a way where we are continuing to yield ourselves to God and and submit to him and, and know that ultimately he is faithful. And therefore, however we stumble or fall along the way, we can press back into that and know that in him we find that faithfulness, even if we struggle to find it in ourselves. Well, thank you so much, Jeremy. Would you mind praying for us as we close? Yeah, sure. I'd be, be very happy to. Thanks, Ben. God, we thank you that you are faithful and that you have shown your love to an unfaithful people all through the Bible stories and right through to us today, and that that faithfulness persists and endures and is made complete in you. And that uh, all we can do, Lord, is to is to accept that from you and to be grateful and thankful and to try our very best day after day, knowing that we can never succeed you know, in fullness, but that we we can live um, led by your example in our own attempt at faithfulness and, and give us the courage and the strength to renew that day by day and feed us by your Holy Spirit um, that, that our souls would be nourished and that we would be uh, able to, to continue to put one foot in front of the other in, in humble service of your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.